Hi, I'm Deb Purdy, divorce recovery coach and author of Something Gained, Seven Shifts to Be Stronger, Smarter, and Happier After Divorce. Welcome to the Ready, Set, Grow Divorce Recovery Podcast. This is for you if you're navigating or have come through a divorce and you're ready to get over it, reinvent yourself, and live your best life. Today's episode is Stop Putting Off Happiness, Three Keys to a Better Life Right Now. You deserve to be happy, but let's face it, after divorce, it can look bleak. You wonder if you'll ever be happy again. Your divorce recovery and getting through it is likely a huge drain on your happiness level and even your capacity for happiness. That's normal and expected. But there are pockets of bliss to be had even during this most challenging of times. You don't have to put off happiness until someday when this is all over and you're over it. I remember one day during my own divorce recovery when I had an aha moment. I was so stressed and so down. It had been a really tough week with my ex and my kids, and I was just at the end of my rope. I think it was on a Wednesday or a Tuesday. I just couldn't take it anymore. So I decided to take a day and go sit at the beach and read a book, which is something I normally wouldn't have done. I dropped the kids off at school. I played hooky from work, and I took a time out for my life. It was so restorative. I felt so much better just escaping all that for a minute and taking care of myself. Did it solve all my problems? No, of course not. But it made me realize that I wanted to weave feel-good moments into my life, even while I was in the middle of my marriage imploding and all that that entailed. I couldn't always take a whole day, of course, but I could take an hour here and there, or sometimes even 10 or 15 minutes. I started making a list of things that made me feel good, and when I had a moment, I did them. So in the evening, I started relaxing with a craft. Believe it or not, I took up paper making for a while, and during my most stressful times, I could escape for an hour after the kids went to bed into something fun and interesting that completely took my mind off my struggles and my, the rest of my life. On the weekends, I would take a walk on my favorite trail, or I enjoyed a hot bath, or a variety of other things. But what I realized was that taking care of myself never failed to make me feel a bit better, even on the worst day. I'm sharing this because you can give yourself feel-good moments right now, even as you navigate the struggles of divorce. Eventually, your periods of peace, contentment, and happiness expand and multiply as you move through and past your recovery. And even better, since you started a practice of taking care of yourself when you really needed it, it's something that you can take with you for the rest of your life that will enrich your life in wonderful ways. Your first job is deciding to prioritize yourself. You declare and commit to yourself that you're worth the time and effort it takes to feel good. Choose to show up for yourself by taking proactive steps to take exquisite care of yourself. 
The habit I started during my divorce recovery has stuck with me. I prioritize my own happiness and well-being. And here's how I do it. I've broken it down into three keys that I call the pillars of active self-kindness. The first pillar is what I call self-care, and that can be a catch-all for a lot of different things. But when I talk about self-care, I'm talking about being intentional about getting enough sleep, regular exercise, and eating healthy food. It's doing the things that keep your body happy, which gives you a solid foundation for emotional well-being. It's also taking care of your mind and spirit, doing things like asking for help when you need it, and taking actions that support your healing, such as spending time with a compassionate friend and working with a coach or therapist. The second pillar is what I call self-comfort. This is healthy self-soothing, and it includes activities you find deeply comforting. What comforts one person can leave someone else cold, but to give you an idea, I'll share a few of the things I did. I made comfort foods like my grandma's chicken soup recipe. I treated myself to fresh flowers every week. I cuddled with my cat, who's like a pillow with legs. I watched reruns of The Office for a laugh and because I found it comforting. I read old favorite books. I even bought myself a good-sized teddy bear to hug as I fell asleep. Think about what comforts you and make sure to weave in plenty of self-comfort activities into your life. The third pillar is the one I like best. It's called self-bliss. This is an essential and fun part of the self-support mix. It means doing things that give you pleasure. For me, it's arts and crafts, it's spending time with good friends, and it's taking long walks on my favorite trails. For one of my clients, it's potluck movie nights with her friends, her local botanical garden, and trolling flea markets. Think about where you like to go, who you enjoy being with, and what you like to do, and commit to regularly scheduling just for fun activities. Right now, you might be feeling resistance to the notion of self-nurturing and active self-kindness. Remember, resistance is optional. Chances are you feel you're too busy or too stressed to take time for this. It might seem frivolous to you. Or you don't want to be selfish, the self-imposed eighth deadly sin. We're so used to putting others' needs before our own that we sometimes wonder, does self-care really matter that much? The fact is, if you're like most of us, you've been neglecting yourself terribly. Self-kindness is a life skill that's worth developing. We've all read about the effects of chronic stress on the body, mind, and spirit. It's no joke. But self-nurturing is a powerful way to acknowledge to yourself that your health and well-being and happiness are important priorities to you. As you look for ways to incorporate self-kindness into your daily life, you're developing a meaningful relationship with yourself. Eventually, you'll know in an instant when you need to slow down, say no, 
take a break, reward yourself, or schedule something fun or comforting. For example, maybe you get home from a long day at work or you've had a tough day in some other way and you see someone's calling you that's going to want to chat for a while or check in or ask a question or ask for something or whatever they may want. The old you may have taken the call in that moment and put yourself on that person's time schedule. But the new you doesn't do that. You take care of yourself first. You get a bite to eat. You take a walk. You take a bath. You do whatever it is you do to comfort yourself and to take care of yourself. Then you check inside and make a decision about whether or not you feel like returning that call in that moment or the next day or whatever. The point is you're not just reacting because someone is asking something of you or trying to get your attention. You're taking a minute to check inside yourself to see what works for you. This isn't selfish, it's self-preservation. And by doing it, you're demonstrating what it looks like. This gives others permission to take care of themselves too. So your self-kindness isn't just for you. If any of these four things sounds familiar and sounds like you, you owe it to yourself to get intentional about your self-kindness. One, you know that you've let your self-care slip. This is especially common after divorce. For whatever reason, when we need to take care of ourselves the most, that's when we tend to get caught up in the basic day-to-day survival. Self-care goes away. Self-bliss isn't even on the table. And self-comfort can sometimes take an unhealthy turn. The second one is you're not sure where you're headed. After a divorce, particularly after a long marriage, you can feel overwhelmed with the prospect of starting over. Regular self-kindness can give you space to consider choices and opportunities you might never have considered otherwise. Three, you've spent far too long trying to please everyone else, and you can't remember the last time you did something just for you. This is a sure sign that you're overdue and that you need to make this part of your regular routine. And four, you get a little excited about the endless possibilities available to you if you're committed to taking care of yourself. It sounds intriguing. It sounds fun. It opens up something inside of you that feels ready to do this. You're ready to say yes to you. Yes to more energy, more contentment, and more happiness. And yes to self-love. If you can relate to even one of these, then self-kindness is your new best friend. To help you out, I created an easy tool to capture your thoughts and ideas for putting exquisite self-care and self-kindness into action. See the link in the show notes for a self-support and kindness PDF. I also want to share that I'm offering a free masterclass called Winning at Divorce Recovery, Three Keys to Go from Heartbreak to Acceptance to thriving. I'm so excited to share this with you because it's helped a lot of people and it's absolutely free. When you win at divorce recovery, you gain in self-awareness, you gain in self-compassion, and you set yourself up to create a better life after divorce. If that sounds good to you, I included a link to register for the class in the show notes. 
Well, that's it for today. I wish you all the best, and I'm sending you lots of love as you navigate your divorce recovery, and I'm giving you permission to be kind and nurturing to yourself. 